Hello, my name is John Schaefer and welcome to a 4th of July special of the CityWire Wealth Manager podcast. With a president who's encouraged people to self-medicate by drinking disinfectant and the largest amount of coronavirus cases globally, should investors be wary of investing in the US? I spoke with a veteran American investor, Cormac Weldon, Artemis's head of US equities to get his outlook. What is it like being a US fund manager right now? And, you know, you've had a lot of experience in the industry. Is it all a bit mad at the moment? Um, it, it, um, it is. Uh, although, uh, and certainly the, the, the shutdown, I think, for, for everyone um, is as, as uh, complicated. Uh, it's a new thing. You know, I, don't, I don't believe uh, certainly anyone has experience of an economy shutting uh, and then debate over the time of it opening. So, so that that that's been um, a unique challenge that we've all had to uh, grapple with. Um, and and then just how it's interesting living in in one jurisdiction that is dealing with it and trying uh, and investing in a different jurisdiction that is dealing it, uh, with it in in a different way. Um, uh, or maybe not that different is uh, is another challenge. So, but but yeah, it's it's it, it, it's been just it's just a, just another challenge. So it's it's all uh, keeps us on our toes and interested. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess you you've kind of been in this industry through other crises, and is it is it particularly different in, in this situation? Oh yeah, it, it is. I mean, um, I, I mean the the the. the, the the tech bubble. Uh, I actually started with coming out of the uh, the late 1980s recession, the SNL crisis, and and, and started um, uh, when the recovery was happening. But but the, the tech bubble, uh, the the housing crisis, um, were 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 uh, not not the same, but 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 similar. Um, and you know we had a recession. And the the, the, interest, the the Fed cut interest rates and and uh, unemployment went up and then we we had a you know we have a had a, have a recovery so so this is very different it's just basically you know the the the, the shutdown when are things going to open or, you know when they open will they be fully open I, I think what what's and there was the ingredients of what we had going into the crisis we had a lot of corporate indebtedness so is. You know, is, are the Fed and the government going to bail all of those out? Um, you know, what you know, how many? What happens the bankruptcy rate, um, and and how much of the bankruptcy rate that we'd expect to see will be mitigated by by a central bank and government action? Uh, and um, I think the, the other fascinating part um, is is there were, there were you know big changes disrupted industries uh, and, and industries were being disrupted before this crisis. Uh, and it's uh, and this is accelerated. And obviously, I'm talking about the move from from uh, bricks and mortar to online, uh, working from home, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, so that has appears to have just hugely accelerated those trends and compressed that maybe what we were thinking would happen over three to five years is is now perhaps happening in in a matter of months. Uh, you know, and for instance, you know how many. Uh, how many retailers will open their doors, uh, and of those that do, where, how many of their stores will they be opening up 
and and you know as an example, and obviously the restaurant industry, et cetera, et cetera. So so yeah, it's it, it's been different uh, from that way. Um, and the 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 depth of the recession, the reaction of the Federal Reserve and the government, and the ingredients that were there uh, going into it. So it's how will all those uh, you know um, uh, combine, uh, and on what sort of a recovery will they produce? Is is the is the unknown at this point? I mean, I mean, you just mentioned there the amount of corporate debt in the U.S. How much of a concern is that for you in terms of the holdings in your portfolio? Well, I, well, it it we we, we went into this crisis. We, we've been using the banner on on our um, presentations of late cycle investing. And really, what we're trying to get across is is you know we're coming to the end of an, of 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 uh, a long recovery. We don't quite know uh, when it's going to end or how it's going to end. We certainly didn't predict this way. But but as a, as a consequence of thinking about things that way, um, our portfolios were invested in, in companies with uh, uh, far better than average balance sheets. And what I mean is when you compare our portfolio to, say, the S&P 500 or for our smaller cap fund to the Russell 2000, the, the indebtedness of our portfolio was, was uh, much less. Uh, than than those indices. Um, now, now the, the the interesting question is is whether we should be worried about debt at all. Uh, but and by that I mean is if the Federal Reserve is in buying uh, corporate bonds, some of those with with, with junk junk debt, um, the government are providing um, uh, capital to companies that you know for smaller companies in particular would probably get forgiven. Um, um, so, 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 so that's an interesting equation. At yeah, this point and in I time. guess what are the long-term ramifications of the Fed buying up all that corporate debt? It's it, 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 we, we feel they're not great. Okay, so, so, so we we had the financial crisis. You know, it was a great. Okay, it was mainly focused in one sector of the economy, the massive overbuilding in the housing sector, um, uh, uh, which was really fueled by by by. Um, extraordinarily lax underwriting standards, which which it was accommodated by obviously banks, but also regulators and politicians. Um, so 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 with the, uh, the think, thinking about um, and I'm sorry, one would have thought that that you know that there being an awful lot of of debt then might might have curbed. Uh, curbed uh, people's enthusiasm for debt now, but it obviously hasn't happened. And essentially, the cost of debt is very low. Interest rates are very low, and and when prices are low, people tend to consume more of of that of that good. And um, so so so, um, do I have confidence that that those companies that uh, have um, you know had too much debt, and, and there there can be an element of judgment about that. Um, um, coming into the crisis, will will learn their lesson uh, and, uh, and and change their behavior. I, I I I would hope so for a while at least. But 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 you know the human nature tells us that the longer interest rates stay low, um, that that they're likely to 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 keep uh, uh, to keep consuming debt, keep holding debt on the balance sheet. I mean one one mitigating one mitigating point you could say about them. Is is that they? It would appear that companies recognised that that they were in an unusual situation. So so lots of the debt was uh, was taken out on longer dates. So it wasn't that it was all maturing soon 
uh, and if they had a problem in their business, they would they may not be able to meet it. So so they did uh, structure the quantum of debt was too high, but but they did term it out as we say they they did stretch the the uh, repayment dates for that over reasonably long periods, which was an aspect of prudence uh, within, and also they fixed the the cost of the debt. And now that may not look too smart today, but but it was obviously a risk measure in case interest rates went up a lot. They weren't have to, going to have to pay uh, very high costs on that. Certainly not initially. Let's look a little, a little bit at the employment figures that came out yesterday. Um, clearly, they're a little bit better than expected. Um, but do you think the, the US has turned a corner at all? I mean, obviously, the unemployment rate is still pretty huge at 11.1%. Um, you know, what are your concerns going forward? Yeah, I, I think it's far too early to, to, to tell. Um, I think the the um, uh, yeah, I, I, I you know I, I would not really rely on on um, the employment numbers for you know for a couple of months yet. Um, so so um, so for instance, lots of people are furloughed, um, uh, and uh, you know to what degree are they going to return uh, to are going to continue. Being being recorded as as uh, in the workforce versus not. I mean, I think it's far it's far too early to tell. So so for instance, you know, as companies open, I mean, I alluded to it earlier. If you're in the hospitality industry, or um, um, as you know, which is which tends to be labor intensive, um, you know, you you may only open with a third of your restaurants or hotels or whatever it may be. Uh, and therefore, your your use of labour um, uh, will be less, and and those people will, you know, the the excess uh, that are not needed will be uh, actually made unemployed. So I, I yeah, I think it's it's far too early, and 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 even so far, you know, we've seen you know we've seen uh, states like obviously like Florida and Texas uh, that we read about being opened up, but then closing down again, and that and and you know that places further stress on those businesses who have to pay bills while they're closed and et cetera. So, so, so I, I think it's too early. I mean, there's, there's no doubt going from an economy that's largely shut to one that's somewhat open is, is, is a big change. Um, but, but I think it's just too early um, to, to assume um, that, that, that we're on a, a glide path that, that's you know, lower unemployment from here. I wanted to dig in a bit on valuations and whether you think they're fair at the moment. Obviously, um, there's been a bit of a rally or considerable rally since the initial market shocks after the pandemic. Um, and obviously, we have these massive unemployment headwinds as well. Um, do you think those valuations at the moment are fair? Um, um, I, I, I tend not to um, disagree with the wisdom of the market. Um, so, so, so what I ask myself is, is, is why is the market value this way? Um, and, and yes, sometimes it's obviously um, because it's bonkers. You could say that the tech bubble uh, um, would be one. But so, so, so the answer to why is the market valued uh, where it is today, which is, which is certainly at the upper end of its historical PE range, is I think for two reasons. First of all, and they're connected. Uh, first of all, uh, uh, or maybe maybe three reasons. First of all, the cost of money is very low, so you're competing alternatives, or, or the return from other assets um, is similarly very low. So if you have money in the bank, 
Um, and, you know, many of us are, uh, some of us are paying the bank to hold our money and not getting deposit interest. So a, 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 an investment in the equity market um, uh, looks uh, uh, relatively more attractive. And you can talk about, you know, other assets similarly. Um, the second connected one is, is we also obviously have a Federal Reserve and Congress that, that have put a, 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 a rock-solid safety blanket, which is now a, a terrible phrase, uh, no such thing, but, but have really put a floor, better, better phrase, under the market. That they've said, you know, we're not going to allow contagion to happen. They, you know, when the Fed came out in that third week in March and said, uh, yeah, I'm uh, putting words in their mouth, they said, we recognize the risk that an over-indebted corporate sector could have a severe liquidity, uh, severe liquidity issues, uh, and 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 the, the resultant blowout or or in in bond yields in that sector uh, could be uh, produce contagion in financial markets, and we're not going to let that happen. So so when the Fed uh, and they're not going to let it happen by they are going in to buy those assets. So when the Fed said that, it, it was it was a huge sigh of relief because in any time you're going through a recession, you're going through, you know, and, and trying to figure out, you know, where's the bottom? How bad could it be? Um, the, the Fed and Congress said, you know, we're, we're, we, we put a floor under how bad the economy could be. Uh, and, you know, and it was, yes, we're going to have a an horrendous two months maybe in the economy. But after that, you know, thing, things will start to recover. Um, and yeah, so so so, and and then the other aspect of it is because of the nature of the way this this recession and crisis happened, um, um, it 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 it, it, argue, well, it produces uh, other things that could make it much better. So so first of all, it, it wasn't it wasn't caused by over indebtedness and in companies just having reached too much, not spending on capital, firing workers. They they weren't doing that. They were doing the opposite. Um, so, so if the, the Fed and etc. Uh, and the government can put a floor under the market, then, then the recovery should should happen uh, more, uh, um, perhaps more quickly, um, and then than it would have uh, would have in the past. So, so I think. Um, and by the way, um, you know, we could. It seems unlikely, uh, listening to the scientists, but but you know, we could look at our screens tomorrow. Uh, and and somebody's announced a vaccine, uh, or or there's now three other drugs that greatly reduce the distress uh, of um, uh, and improve the recovery rate of those that are in hospital and respirators. If if, if that happened, the, the market would just say that uh, coronavirus is over as an economic issue. Let's drill down a little bit into your portfolio, and and your funds have held up. Relatively well, they've been pretty pretty resilient. And what's been driving performance in 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 your portfolios? I get you, you know top holdings include the likes of Amazon. So, what's kind of been? Yeah, more, yeah. Go on. Sure. I, I I mean we're we're a little different to some of our competitors uh, who who own lots of very high growth companies. And in in, in fairness, that's been a good strategy. Uh, we have some very high growth companies uh, and. Uh, because we're always thinking of what's our downside risk uh, when we own any company. Uh, and, uh, you know, say for with Amazon, you know, we think they've got two exceptionally strong businesses, uh, the retail business and then 
the, the less known business, the cloud business, Amazon Web Services, um, which is both of which have, have disproportionately benefited uh, through the crisis. And it was really, again, trends that were in place before uh, got, got exaggerated in Amazon's favor. Um, so, so, so yes, um, uh, the, the, some of the, some of those high growth stocks did very well. I, I think, in addition, you know, we've got some some less obvious lower growth companies that that their, their business just held up extraordinarily well. Um, we've got one company called BioRad. It, it's a it's in uh, healthcare life sciences. Um, demand tends to be pretty stable. You know, they sell to to um, uh, R and D labs at pharma and biotech. They sell to universities. Anybody under doing doing uh, research in in medical technology and uh, pharmaceuticals and biotech will, will will be a customer of BioRad. So 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 demand is quite stable, but obviously, um, well not obviously, but they also benefited by from the coronavirus because some of what they do they provide building blocks uh, for uh, for testing. So so any of the tests that you're here about, or not any of them, but many of them would have building blocks provided by BioRad. And so, so that, was, um, uh, that, that was good. And, and then there, there's, there's, other, um, there's another particular holding, one of our biggest one, uh, Fidelity and National Information Services, um, which I think wins the, wins the prize for the uh, most boringly named company ever, or least descriptive. But, but what, what they do, they have two businesses. One is, is payment services. They, they bought the UK company WorldPay. Um, so, um, you know, when you're either shopping on the internet or indeed in a bricks and mortar retailer, um, many times your, your credit card payment will be going over, uh, the world pay network and they earn a toll on every transaction. So that business has been pretty good, although it's, 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 uh, somewhat negatively impacted by, by the fact, lack of travel. But, but on the other side, they've got, they've got a business that provides IT solutions to banks. And if you think about it, uh, the banking industry is changing um, uh, more quickly than the banking industry has changed, I think, ever, perhaps. Um, so, for instance, uh, um, you've got the four big banks in the U.S., J.P. Morgan, Bank America, Wells Fargo, and Citigroup, uh, are combined spending $40 billion a year on technology. Um, and that's on two things. First of all, they're, they're lowering their own costs. Of, of delivery, so in the way most most companies are looking at how do we how do we use technology to make things uh, to lower our costs, uh, but they're all also obviously um, increasing the um, cons- uh, uh, the front facing the consumer facing technology uh, the capability that that technology has. So so such that you know if you're uh, you know you you rarely if ever have to go actually into a physical bank. Now that's that's not a new story, but but the arms race of what those big four banks are doing, making their technology better and better and better, is is impacting smaller banks. So what smaller banks do is they can't go and spend ten billion because they don't have it. What they do is they go to uh, there's basically three companies: Fidelity uh, National is one of them, and they say, "Give us an off-the-shelf solution uh, that we can customize to some degree." That will help us compete against JP Morgan et al. Now, their business has been good for a while. There's been a nice gentle increase in the amount of spend that's been going towards Fidelity National. Uh, but what happened uh, when the crisis happened, 
and those smaller banks who probably relied on the fact that they had a branch network skill um, for to, to, to appease their customers. And those smaller, those branches are now closed. And all of a sudden, those small banks realized if our branches are closed, we don't have a business. Um, so their inquiry rate to Fidelity National went up, I think it was eight or nine fold uh, when the crisis hit. So, so we would again expect, just like we're seeing in retail, an acceleration of spending, of that defensive spending, uh, which those smaller banks uh, will engage in to compete against the very larger banks. So, so that's, and so Fidelity National has held up very well during the crisis. Has, has it been, you know, a, a, an Amazon or, or a Tesla? No, but, but it, it's just held up very well. And I think, uh, you know, we're very optimistic about the future because I think if that level of inquiries and interest of banks wanting to accelerate their spend will probably uh, increase, will probably um, continue past the crisis. Uh, and what about um, so that, of, that would be another one. Yeah. What about sort of in quotation yeah. mark COVID stocks, you know, the likes of Zoom, et cetera? Um, you know, have, have you been seeing any any opportunities that you've picked up on during the pandemic? Um we 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 didn't um 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 but we but we did in technology as i said we 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 tend not to have as many of the extremely highly valued high growth stocks as others um but for what we believe we have is we've got um a, a number of the next level stocks where where you know everyone knows that tesla and and lululemon and et cetera are going to grow at a very high rate. And indeed, the market has rewarded those stocks. The, the valuation of the 75 highest growth companies in the US to just the valuation has gone up 30% uh, during the crisis. So the multiple that we were paying for them before the crisis versus after the crisis is, is, uh, has gone up 30%. And what, what we have done in technology is, is uh, there are the a second line of still high growth in the context of the market um, um, uh, technology stocks uh, that, that we've bought. So, so a company we own is, is Veronis. And uh, what they do is they, uh, uh, as an example, uh, they, will, uh, have, they will know for each employee when that employee tends to log into the corporate network, where they go in the corporate network, and, you know, what files they that they're uh, access and what drives they're able to go on. Um, and if they see that, that uh, a login for that person is behaving in a way that they shouldn't be or have never done in the past, as an example, so are they logging into uh, the CEO's hard drive uh, or sensitive personnel files, as an example, they will immediately recognize that that's highly likely to be either a hack or that person shouldn't be doing it anyway if it is really that same person. So they shut that down immediately as an example. So, so that sort of technology is even more required uh, as we are, uh, as we're all working from home. And as I think is likely to happen, uh, you know, people who, who, people for whom logging in in the morning is the first function of their job um, uh, are likely to be uh, working more remotely in the future, um, you know that's a, that's a, a, a perfect example of of you know the type of uh, IT uh, an example of one of the IT stocks uh, that that we bought. Uh, you know, there's a couple more that, that will also benefit from from basically you know more remote, more working, and more having more information in the cloud. Uh, that that sort that sort of thing. yeah. 
And and you you've also been allocating to Johnson and Johnson. Yeah, we we did. I mean, that that was partly um, partly a, um, a a a safety play in that Johnson and Johnson. Uh, it was slightly um, uh, well, it it, it 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 caught our attention that it, I think it was one of the first companies to report their quarter post coronavirus, um, and they raised their dividend while they did that. So that seemed a uh, an interesting show of strength, uh, and not from a management that you would think is makes such a decision lightly. And so we did own, uh, we did buy some Johnson and Johnson. I think the other the other company, which is quite similar to BioRad, that that we we bought, uh, we had been looking for an opportunity to buy, and and we did actually at uh, the start of the crisis is is Thermo Fisher, um, uh, and you know again. You know, it's it's just a company that has built a great portfolio of medical technology and life sciences companies. Uh, and again, in, in a similar way to BioRad, uh, you know, we would think will benefit from from increased pharmaceutical spending, more testing. Just the fact that there is more testing and likely to be more testing for quite some time, uh, they will benefit from well. So, so that was really more of our of of our uh, healthcare um, um, coronavirus. Investment. So, what about on the on the other side? What have you ditched in the the last couple of months? So, one company that that, that we reduced, uh, we still hold, but we reduced is um, is Procter and Gamble, um, uh, and and really because because and, and and it comes down to our view that that um, uh, we do think there will be an economic recovery. Uh, we've got question marks over how vibrant after the initial phase that that recovery will be. Um, so, so we 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 so we do want a part of our portfolio to be, be exposed to the economy getting better, um, and so so where where the uh, revenues and earnings of that company are helped by a recovering economy. Um, so, so as an example, um, we um, in industrials uh, we bought more of a railroad company that we already owned. Um, so, railroad companies obviously. Uh, in, in, well, maybe not obviously, but in the U.S. are, are really industrial. They carry industrial goods all over the country, uh, industrial retail, um, et cetera. Um, uh, and so, so we, we wanted more exposure to Norfolk Southern because it would benefit as the economy returns. And it was trading at such a valuation that, that it, it didn't have to. We don't think the price is, it, we don't think it's being priced for an immediate return to the old economy. We think we'd be happy holders of this for for as long as the uh, recovery takes. So that would be an example of of, uh, of something that we uh, that we bought uh, really to to or increased um, post fire post the worst of the virus. Uh, and we increased to uh, benefit from uh, from an economic recovery. Um, the the other examples would would be. Um, um, you know, uh, I think many of us are are perhaps thinking, okay, when do we go on holiday this year, and where do we go? And I know that's a that's something of a moving feast with with the UK UK's government um, guidance, but um, but we wanted exposure to recovery in that. You know, we don't think uh, all of us will swear off holidays forever. So so Booking dot com um, seemed to be to us the best way of investing in a recovery. Um, as opposed to an airline or, or something which is much more volatile. And, and the reason we bought Booking.com is it has a very good business model. 
it has it has net cash on the balance sheet. You know, unlike all of the airlines, which are uh, very highly indebted, uh, and and also during the crisis, they're able to reduce their expenses an awful lot. So, so that would be uh, the other recover another uh, recovery play. Uh, that that we added to our portfolios during the crisis. Let's look a little bit at the uh, upcoming U.S. elections. Um, what do you think uh, a Biden win w- would mean for the markets, um, given that he'd probably put in a lot more stringent regulations, um, a lot more taxations for both corporates and the one percent? Um, you know, w- what would that mean for for stocks? <laughs> I certainly think at the at the outset. Well. well let, let, let me let me qualify it slightly. I, I think if if Biden wins, but he does not win the Senate, um, I, I'm I'm not sure um, there'll be much change from a legislative point of view. So, for instance, do I think that a a Republican majority Senate would vote for a tax increase? Uh, I I don't believe so. Uh, e- even some more moderate, you know, sort of uh, more centrist. Uh, Democrats might might not. So 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 um, may, maybe maybe we'll make the assumption or, or entertain the possibility that if Biden wins, and um, um, he also um, uh, the Democrats also gain the Senate, uh, and that would be the important function. They already own uh, or, or control uh, the House, and if they were also to win the Senate, and uh, then that that's what the market is starting to think about now. Um, we're we're pretty far away from it, but. Um, so there's a number of positive things that Biden would represent. First of all, he would absolutely uh, do away with the uh, Trump rhetoric of anti-renewables, as an example. So that part of the economy would certainly benefit, uh, would certainly benefit from 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 uh, uh, a, a well, it would benefit from uh, the United States president not lobbying against its industry sure. every day uh, with, with uh, but. But would also presumably benefit from, you know, tax breaks, et cetera, et cetera. So, why should an investor opt for a U.S. fund over something like a, a Chinese fund at the moment, given how both countries have handled the crises? I mean, it's it's been pretty pretty awful in the U.S. Uh, in comparison, seemingly. Yeah. Yeah, I um, because it's only one aspect, right? It's 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 because because. Um, uh, the the messiness uh, of the U.S. system that produces an outcome um, that we see today has advantages, uh, and you know it's the advantage of democracy. So 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 why is the U.S. why is the U.S. the most? Uh, and I'm I'm, I'm going to sound categoric, but I think it's probably supported by plenty of evidence. Why is the U.S. the most innovative co- economy in the world? Um, uh, I think it's a number of reasons. It's obviously the largest economy with the most money. It 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 um, uh, has uh, centers of excellence uh, where which attracts capital, uh, venture capital, to seed ideas that may or may not become then you know world leading companies. So so um, and at the same time, uh, the Chinese seem to not entirely. I, I'll agree. But substantially rely on stealing intellectual property. So, so, um, uh, and, and, and that may sound stark, but but you know, my bet would be with, with with the economy that generates that can sustainably generate um, um, innovation 
um, over the one that, that relies on stealing it. Um, I, so, so a plus, um, you know, there's lots for, for all of its faults, all of the faults of the U.S., we know them, right? We're, we're able to assess them. There's a high degree of transparency. Um, um, uh, it's interesting. I, and, and uh, you know, we, we, you know, for instance, you know, I, I, I was an investor back when Enron went bust. Uh, we, we've had very, very few, if any, certainly no substantial company has, has undergone that, uh, that, you know, has, has perpetrated uh, a large-scale fraud. Um, and, you know, the systems... Um, that are present in the U.S. of regulation, uh, auditing, et cetera, et cetera, um, are not perfect, but, but they're far, far, far more transparent uh, than the vast majority of what we see in China. Uh, the banking system, um, uh, I, I haven't spent an awful lot of time examining the Chinese banking system. Uh, all I do know is those that have say, you know, it's essentially bust. But the account, the, the government will keep it going. And, and that, that's fine. That, that may be, that may be an entirely uh, rational, um, uh, thing to do. So, so I, 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 um, and, and I, I think the final thing I'd say is, is, um, when, when, when you or I or our investors, uh, buy, buy stock in a company, and it's related to the transparency point, you know, we're, we're, we're to a high degree, you know, we, we don't, it's not in our mind, you know. Will, uh, will, will, you know, will the government come in and pull the rug from under this company? Will they assume control of this company? Am I gonna? Am I really gonna benefit from the innovation that this company has, or is it going to accrue to the state? Uh, and I don't, I don't think you can say that with the same degree of confidence with regards to China. <laughs> 